righty. We have Jamie Baxter on the podcast. Welcome, Jamie. Mike, thanks for having me. It's a joy yeah. to be here. So you are here because you started something called Exodus 90, which I would I would market it as 75 hard, but for someone that wants to grow spiritually and mentally. So is that an accurate um, pitch for it? <laughs> you know, it's terrible. I don't know uh, as much about 75 hard as I should. Um, I stumbled <laughs> into it maybe within the last year or two. Um you know, but you know, for for us at Exodus, it's uh, it is challenging for sure. So um, we offer spiritual exercises all throughout the year, but I think for us, it's probably probably important to start with everything is uh, yeah. fundamentally a spiritual work. You know, so yeah. it's not so much about proving something to yourself or to others as it is about um, yeah putting yourself into a place, a disposition um, to receive grace and to respond in love. You know, to where God has called you to be. Uh, so most of our guys are, uh, married with kids, you know, and, and it looks like becoming, uh, trying to become a better husband and father. Um, but Exodus 90 for sure is, is known for its kind of challenging elements. Um, and you know, one of the things I guess that's interesting about it is when you look at the history of Christianity, you see, um, the ascetic tradition is present, you know, all throughout. Um, and asceticism isn't so much about like, just doing hard things or um, um, kind of like denying your senses just to do that or to overcome and become powerful. Uh, but it's much more about entering into your dependence on God and um, that he holds and sustains you at every moment. So uh, anyway, uh, that that tradition is present um, in our work. And our, our hope is that, yeah, men become more free uh, through through prayer, asceticism and accountability with other men. Um, yeah. so that they can love better. That, yeah, I, I think it's so needed in the world today, um, in churches, in men's circles, you know, we were chatting a little bit before the call started that I came to, to know about Exodus just recently where I was feeling like, you know, I, I had a group of guys that were like, Hey, let's, you know, how can we take things up a notch? How can we become better, better husbands, better fathers? And wanted to do more than just a physical challenge, you know, in terms of like a physical training and, and so had reached out to some buddies with some, you know, Hey, what if we did this over a period of time? And one guy was like, Hey, that's exactly this Exodus thing. That's exactly like Exodus. I was like, so I looked you guys up and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. You know? Um, but what struck out to me and, and maybe we should, um, I should have had you already like intro what it actually is, but is there what, any, anything, anyone I've talked to that's, that's gone through what you, what you guys offer and then any of your material there was a level of excellence that um, it seemed like it, you're, you know, going for a higher standard. It's not just like, Hey, let's do this like casual thing, which is what a lot of the physical things like um, 75 hard are more aimed at, you know, it's kind of trying to push you to a, to an upper limit, which I saw the same vein with Exodus, which was encouraging because you don't often see that in kind of Christian um, challenges, curriculum, you know, those sorts of things. And so that was, I think it's really cool. It's really unique. And I believe that's what's appealing to it, especially men, young men that are fathers, you know, that are husbands that are like wanting to up their game. They want to rise to that challenge. And so maybe we back up, back the truck up a little bit, Jamie, and tell me a little bit about the story of Exodus and kind of how it came about. Yeah. So that's a beautiful point. I think 
for us, both in the content of what we do and in how we try to go about it as a company, we're really trying to blend uh, the faith with uh, competence. And uh, both of those things have to come together, you know, in our staff and ultimately in everything that we would we would produce. And for me, um, you know, when you look at the history of Christianity, you know, we weren't slapping Bible verses on stuff casually and hoping it would work out. It's like, you know, the Christians were known for being um, in the world, but not yeah. of the world, you know, and it's just like so much of art history is the story of of the truths of the faith kind of being enfolded and uh, unfolded and articulated and expressed in, you know, different ways through music, art, drama, um, all kinds of expression of culture. Um, it's only, I think, kind of in recent kind of post Christian times or ap the apostolic times that we're in now that you kind of feel like we can get a little bit, you know, maybe lazy is too hard, but, um, you know, at least for us at, at our, at, you know, our place of work, we're trying to bring these things back together, competence, excellence, and, a, you know, fundamental trust in uh, God, you know, uh, in everything that we do. But yeah, for me, you know, my story is, um, it's interesting. I, I had a, an amazing father uh, who had a conversion when I was a boy. And uh, so I remember life before and after Jesus Christ um, in our relationships and in our home. And um, I would only learn much later on in like this very powerful, like kind of rite of initiation that my father brought me through, that the grace of his conversion uh, when I was five years old was that it wasn't too late to pass on the faith to his sons. Mm. And um, this for me has kind of become, yeah, the focal point of, of my entire life, you know, at this point. Um, all of the research uh, on this is clear secular and religious studies, like when you want to, like, what is, what, what predicts if a child, a child will practice the faith? Um, it is so often that the father is the critical factor. Um, he is so deeply influential, um, in so many ways, um, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, but also spiritually. And so, um, you know, it was kind of through my father's gift to me that I've become so passionate about men's formation and ministry. Uh, as well. And, um, you know, there's so many things that I could, I could say about kind of how it's gone. But, you know, my father's influence on me was, uh, was something that, yeah, changed the course of my life. And um, nine years into Exodus, you know, I'm just trying to replicate the gift that he gave to me, you know, for other men, trying to help them in some small way, um, grow in their love of God and pray that that bears fruit in his family, you know, for his wife and his kids. Um, yeah, that they would see the difference. They would see a, a father who images God, the father, um, even in, you know, his struggles and failings, which we all have and, and, and all share. Yeah. So tell me that I think is great. I think that's, um, there's such an importance that is needed, needing to be put on fathers and their faith and, and the role that they play. You know, I think that's, um, the statistics are clear, like you said, you know, it's, that's the way that it goes, you know, it doesn't matter the, the church or the, it, it does matter, but the, the by and away, the, the genuineness of the faith and, and how they approach their faith is really driven by how, how active their father is, right. You know, and, and what, what they're actually living out day in and day out. But can you, can you tell me a little bit about 
how Genesis came about, or I mean, Exodus came about the Genesis of Exodus I should say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, that was kind of like the earliest impact on, on my life. I would end up going to, into the seminary at a pretty young age. So, um, I had a somewhat irregular high school <laughs> experience. I, uh, I played golf and golf was an amazing contemplative time for me. Um, just to be out in nature, hitting a ball around. Um, I'm also pretty scrawny, so no one could hit me, you know, it was just me and the ball. So, uh, it was something that, uh, you know, I really, I was really drawn to, but I was also active at my parish, uh, and specifically, uh, in serving at the altar for Holy mass. I was involved in fraternities from a very young age. And yeah. so basically my faith experience, I've always had other men, you know, that I was close to and with, um, always had mentors. Um, and, um, which is to say I was always known, you know, I didn't just have buddies, you know, I had brothers and, um, so at the age of 18, I'd go off to, to, to seminary yeah. uh, and, and discern the, the Catholic priesthood for, I ended up being there for six years okay. before I really felt like God had called me uh, out into the world. And, um, I didn't exactly know why I was actually pretty surprised by that. Um, and to, it, you know, to be honest with you, um, you have this trajectory for your life and all of a sudden it's, it's not what you thought, you know? So it was a pretty, and, and it was a very challenging time. And, and for other guys that discern out of seminary as common as it is to do that, uh, it's going to be like, gosh, all right, wh where do I go with all this stuff? I've studied philosophy, I've studied the history of theology, but where, you know, how do I put this to use, you know, and make my contribution in the world? Um, you know, and I had all those questions. Um, as while I was in seminary as a part of fraternities where we were meeting in small groups and kind of the, the seeds of Exodus were being formed. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, within a, within a couple of weeks, the question was like, Hey, wonder if we can kind of share this around, you know? And I, at the same time, I was also experiencing that, you know, I just felt a void, you know, I was like, gosh, I can go to church, but no one knows me here. Mm. You know, I'm not being accountable. I just, I, I could feel, um, I just, I just kind of like, I felt life outside of a fraternity and, and life outside of accountability. And I was like, kind of concerned about it. And I was also just like kind of stunned that for most, um, most guys, like that's their experience. Like it is on them to take a lot of intentionality and initiative, you know, or else you can just get ground up by the world or overly consumed in work or whatever. Um, and so Exodus kind of became, you know, in addition to kind of the things I mentioned about my dad, an opportunity to, to try to create a place of formation, if you will, for guys that were looking to take their masculine friendships to, to deeper levels, you know, hoping to, to grow, you know, in self-mastery and in, um, in friendship, you know, um, that, that's what I wanted Exodus to be. So, um, yeah, nine, nine years into it, it, it's working out okay. Uh, it's grown, yeah, stunningly over the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, yeah, just having a lot of fun, um, kind of bringing everything together that I care about into, you know, my nine to five. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, the, 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 it was basically birthed out of a need that you had, which I think is, makes it most impactful, right? You know, it's, it's like, Hey, you, you, you know what you need and you, you saw a void. What do you, how do you think that was met prior to Exodus? You mentioned fraternities, you know, tell me about like what, what was else in that void prior? Um, do you mean 
how do you mean that, I guess, prior to starting yeah. the company? Yeah, so, or, Exodus, yeah. so Exodus exists and it's answering a question of, it's answering kind of this like community, um, this accountability, um, you know, in years past, was that satisfied through more of like a church fraternity? Um, and then that those have kind of not become as popular. I mean, it, maybe it's kind of an awkward question, but I think it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of discussion around men being, you know, lonely about mental health in, especially when you, when you get into thirties and forties and it's like, you have less and less friend groups and, and that sort of thing. And that's kind of a known thing, but that seems to be increasing to some degree. And maybe it's, I'm becoming more aware of it, but is, is, is Exodus kind of a, a version two of something that was, that existed before, you know, that, that is no longer there. Do you know what I mean? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I don't know that anyone's asked me that live on a podcast before. So I'm just <laughs> going to think out loud. Yeah. I might change my mind about yeah. this in the future, but, um, yeah, you know, I think that, um, there's a couple of things here. I think I, I don't want to like look at the past and romanticize it. I really don't. I mean, there are obvious struggles, even at kinds of the glory days of Christianity, even, mm. you know, so I, I'm like, a, I don't know, this might be my optimism or just like my trust that I'm here now for a reason in this time and not in another one. All that being said, you know, I think you can generalize, at least when I talk to older men that, you know, families were, you know, tighter knit and there was less, you know, distracting them. Um, and certainly just everything was much more localized, you know, apart from the kind of globalization that's the fruit of, you know, a technologized society, like the one in which we live, um, you know, and, and that's, that's a void, you know, I think for sure, you know, I mean, I, I mean, just talking to my peers, how many of them could I ask and say, Hey, you know, was your father a man you want to be like, you know, and the answer to that is oftentimes not, you know, and that's apart from, you know, the divorce challenge, you know, that we face together as a culture. So I think, you know, in some sense, it's, you know, as things have become less localized, we've become less known. Hmm. And there's a lot of opportunities in that one to return the hearts of fathers to their sons, mm-hmm. um, you know, but two to bring men together into a you know, true fraternity, you know, not, you know, nothing, not that there's anything wrong with, with watching sports and drinking beer. I I'm obsessed with the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. So <laughs> apart from whatever it might look like online, you know, it's like, I love the Colts and I could talk to you for the next three hours about what I think they should be doing next week. Okay. <laughs> but you know, it's like at the same time, you know, I friendships just on that level are, are not, not the deepest friendship that I long for, you know? Um, and I think Exodus can kind of, kind of help to localize, you know, guys in a, in a really powerful way. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a couple, a couple quick thoughts that I give to that really good question. You, you said that something that you've said, uh, I think a few times already in this conversation was you said I was known or, you know, you being this concept of being known, which is interesting in, in the modern context, because you're, you are air quotes known by a lot of people or more people now than you would have been or had the opportunity to be, you know, decades ago even, but you're not really known in a true sense in, in the way that you were using it, where you're, you're actually accountable 
you know, someone knows your, your suffering, they know your, your wins, your losses, but also your potential, right. You know, and, and being able to call you to a higher potential, which I think is, is really important. And so you also said something that was interesting where you said, you know, people are distracted, you know, there's that there's a distractibility. So the known is like, you're, you're like an inch deep and a inch deep and a mile wide, as opposed to, you know, an inch wide and a mile deep with, with relationships, which is, which is, I think a very interesting concept. Um, but it's, it's a new reality, right? So it's a, it's a new world you find yourself in. So you can, you can sit back and romanticize about days of old. And you, you said, you know, you don't want to necessarily look back on the past and romanticize it, but you have to compare it to what did we find ourselves in. And that's a matter just as a fact of how the world is kind of changed. And you can't, you can, I, I kind of see Exodus as like tapping that, right? They're saying, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to tap some of these tools, these, this ability to connect with people. Maybe you don't have that locally as much, but you can connect with some other people and then we're going to take you the mile deep, you know? Um, which I think is really, that's, that's what's so exciting about it. You know, it's like, it's, it's increasing the depth, which is, which is what you're saying is the the knownness, you know, of other, of others that you, that you're wanting to, to go into. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, at the end of the day, like Exodus, Exodus is interesting for a couple of reasons, but our meetings are unlike uh, Bible studies uh, where it's not, it's not really a cognitive thing. I mean, we do, you know, we walk through scripture, of course, and we help you to learn how to pray and all that stuff. And that's, that's all good, but it's not about learning, you know, the meetings themselves, all of our guys meet every week. Um, it's just a place to, to tell the truth and, and, and be known, you know, you don't have to have it all together. And, and, um, I tell you what, I think the, the most, some of the most successful people, even that I've come to know that I really think are really genuine, good, good people. They're just shockingly humble about the things that they're not great at. And, I love, I love Exodus fraternities because you could stereotype us or straw man us in some sense, like, oh, you get together and you talk about how good you are. It's like, it's literally yeah. the inverse of that. It's like, no, I mean, uh, here's all the ways I'm, I'm really struggling or here's the ways I'm, I'm failing my spouse right now. Or, hey, this was a moment where, you know, I didn't issue the word I should have to my, my boy, you know, whatever it was. Um, and ultimately that becomes a forum for, for a couple of things. And one of those is one, the inspiration of just being with other guys on the road with you. And two, for, for just the mutual understanding that like, Hey, you know, we, we've got a setback, but, but we can get up again, you know, and we can keep, keep on this journey together. So, um, and our hope, you know, from kind of a higher level or maybe spiritual standpoint is that vulnerability you can encounter in an Exodus fraternity, you know, becomes the fodder or like kind of the example, you know, for what your relationship mm -hmm. with God should look like, you know, it, it really shouldn't be about, um, just, you, you know, you don't need to pretend to be anything other than where you are and God, the father craves to just hear that from you, you know, and ultimately I think it's through vulnerability that, uh, the most fruit interiorly is born. Um, and Exodus fraternities are a good forum to kind of begin, begin that kind of, uh, yeah. orientation what are um what are some of your plans for exodus like as you you guys have grown i know pretty significantly um over the over the last like little bit especially i think you know from from my vantage point it seems like that there's been significant growth even just more recently tell me a little about kind of how you guys are thinking about the future and 
maybe some exciting trends you're seeing, you know, and, and transformations that you're seeing inside of the fraternities and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Thank you. you know, I appreciate the affirmation in that, uh, Mike. So, you know, uh, one of the things that happens in startup life and founders listening to this know this is as you start to experience traction, you got a lot of opportunities, you know, a lot, lots of partnerships, lots of other audiences, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, for me, I've just tried to stay really focused on who we're called to serve, you know? And so the implicit word there, or like, sorry, the word I would make explicit and and that is the calling dimension to, to our work at Exodus. Um, not only myself, but everyone on our team feels deeply called to be here to serve in this space for the, the men that we reach. Um, and you know, I don't look at our work as like a, a personal passion project. I look at it as something I've been asked to do. And I've been given a lot of life and meaning from being faithful at, I mean, most of the time, not all the time to the calling that I've got, but, um, I wouldn't do it apart from it. And in fact, the moment it's not there anymore, I'll be probably pretty <laughs> relieved. <laughs> uh, but I definitely look at it that way. You know, like it's, it's a deeply, you know, it's a response to something in front of me um, that yeah. won't let me go. And I need to, and I'm trying to stay faithful to it. And I say all that because that's enabled me to stay super focused. And so, you know, a lot of my time now, um, as our, our founder and CEO, I, I spend in prayer and contemplative time, you know, so every big decision I have to make is spent before the Lord. And I just ask him for what he wants, um, in, in, in a sense, not that I get that right all the time or not that I try to play the God card. You know, I certainly have good reasons for the decisions that I make, but, um, all that's to say, I just try to submit everything to him, you know, and let him bear the fruit that he wants to through the work that we're doing for as long yeah. as he would like. Um, so as it relates to the future, uh, I kind of take it a day at a time and I, um, I know that we'll stay super focused on, you know, our men, uh, most of our guys are young husbands and fathers, uh, early stage career guys. That's, that's where we serve. Certainly some younger, certainly some older than that, but, um, you know, those are yeah. our men. And, um, so I think specifically one of the things I'm excited about is we're going to do a lot better job, um, on our platform within the next, uh, couple of months of, connecting men into local communities where pre-existing Exodus mm -hmm. fraternities are, or for guys that are just looking to find other kinds of guys that share their values, um, that are looking for brotherhood as well. So up to this point, it's been kind of bring your friends for Exodus. Uh, we're going to take on some of that burden because it's, it can be challenging, right? To, to, to look for something more meaningful. So we want to help to facilitate that. Uh, in local communities. Uh, all that's the awesome. World. I think that's uh, having a true calling like that. You know, you talk about you comparing yourself to other founders or just founders and getting distracted when they have traction. And, you know, I think the best founders um, stay true to a mission um, or an ideal or a philosophy, whether it's like, you know, a Steve Jobs of, you know, product led, you know, consumer goods or say like Elon Musk is like, we're going to Mars, you know, that, and that's, that's where we focus. And, but I think in having a mission, that's a, a godly mission and, and someone that's focused on that is like, it is so important. And I think that'll fuel the growth, you know, the growth that, that God wants to give you. Right. I mean, it's not about growth. It's about, it's not about growth on a, on a numbers level per se. 
it's about, you know, try, staying true to the mission, which I think is, is so important. So that's awesome. Yeah. Those are two guys I do think about a lot, you know, pros and cons to both. Um, I, you can't help but be deeply, yeah. you know, admire, you know, them as well. And I certainly do. Um, but you know, I, but yeah, I think, yeah, that's one of the things that I really admire about Elon in particular is the guy is just ruthlessly focused yeah. on why he is here. And, uh, not sure that I share all the same core values, uh, or first principles with Elon. Um, but I deeply admire that quality in him. And certainly when I was starting, uh, in the earliest days of Exodus in 2015, when I looked like a complete and total <laughs> idiot doing what I was doing, not even knowing if I had a real job at all. Um, I'd listened to biographies of Elon Musk. I was just like, all right, this guy looks yeah. stupid for a long time. You know, so yeah. I just got to keep going. Well, keep going, Jamie. The world, the world, and a lot of men need you and your <laughs> devotion to um, the Lord and what you're doing. So, I'm I'm excited, and I'm on Team Exodus. So, that's I'm I'm, I'm pumped. So, <laughs> thanks, Mike. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you sharing your heart with it with me. Absolutely, yeah, Mike. No, it's a joy. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to kind of yeah. I mean, you're you're talking about and focused on. Um, a lot of the same questions and, and, and challenges that we are. So it's awesome to meet someone uh, so passionate about, about dads and um, trying to become the, the best fathers that we can for Absolutely. Our and if kids. you are interested, check out exodus90.com is where you can find all about what Jamie's up to and his team and, um, you know, get plugged into to something that you can, you can find a, a fraternity. So, so thanks, Jamie. Wonderful. Thanks, Mike.